happy Thanksgiving to all of you who are here in person and also those who are watching online. Now, before we jump into this morning's message, which is going to be focused on the topic of Thanksgiving, we're going to start with just a little bit of interaction. So I want to ask you this question. It's going to be up on the screen. And in a moment, I'm going to get you to find two, three people that are close to you, Eaglemont Church family. If you can make sure, keep an eye open. If someone's on the end of the row and they're by themselves, doesn't have someone with them, invite them over. But we're going to have one minute. Long talkers, this is going to be challenging. So think of this. You get five to ten seconds, okay? Yes, Jeff, I'm talking about you. All right. You got one minute for everybody in total. Here's the question. What is your favorite Thanksgiving tradition or what do you enjoy most about the Thanksgiving holiday, all right? So find just a couple people really close to you. We got one minute. Go for it. left, 20 seconds left. <laughs> 10 seconds. All right. Well done. That was challenging. If you're in a group and the same person talked the entire time, you're allowed to judgmentally look at them right now, but we're going to move forward. Uh, I hope this is in a practical way a reminder. Sometimes when we come to church, I know that you're always looking this way, uh, but this isn't really actually what the church is because the church isn't about you being entertained or performed for. The church isn't directional this way. It's directional to God and to one another. So remember, when we gather as the church, this is how we learn is one another. Looking around your neighbor is a big part of your spiritual growth. Now, we maybe didn't grow spiritually by that conversation, but hopefully it's a reminder of that. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving. Growing up, I had a, a couple things that I loved about Thanksgiving. In Canada, we don't really have the defined traditions that they do down south. But let me ask, as you shared, how many of you, your favorite Thanksgiving tradition had something to do with food? Hands up. Okay, just about everybody, right? Okay, because it is. It's literally a holiday that's about a meal. Uh, so food is absolutely at, at, the, at the center of my favorite parts of Thanksgiving, followed by, I used to always watch football as a kid. Uh, I'm Canadian and I'm old, so I watched CFL football. I liked watching my Stampeders play. And then I would take a nap from the meal that I just had so that when I woke up from the nap, I could have another meal and follow that with another nap. Those are kind of the routine of what I liked about Thanksgiving. But there was one tradition that happened at Thanksgiving time when I was growing up. I'm going to be honest, as a kid, I didn't really enjoy. And maybe you had a similar tradition in your house. Every year, we would gather and we'd sit around a table that was a little larger, but nicely decorated. 
Thank you, ladies ministry, for letting me borrow your decorations without asking this morning. But I had a nice table like this where we sat around. I sat at the one end of the table, was my spot. And my dad, before we would eat, would say, okay, we're all going to go around the table and everyone say what you're thankful for. Anybody have a tradition like that? Okay. Did you love it or were you like me where you were somehow always caught off guard and scrambling for what am I thankful for? And the worst was if you weren't the first person because you knew the default, family. I can say family. That's the right answer. But when your older sister has already taken that, somehow every year I was caught off guard, even though it happened every year. What am I thankful for? Sometimes there's an awkwardness that comes with that moment. Well, this morning we want to talk about Thanksgiving and what we are thankful for, the idea of thankfulness or gratitude. So before we kind of really dive into what scripture has to teach us, I want to give some definitions of three different terms. The first is thankful or thankfulness, then gratitude and thanksgiving. They're all related, but I want to give a little differentiation between them. The first is to be thankful, which according to Webster's Dictionary, is to be conscious of benefit received. So thankfulness is an emotion we naturally feel when we receive something of benefit. I'm thankful my mom made me my favorite cookies, okay? Gratitude is an emotion, a similar emotion that stems from a perspective of looking at life as being a gift and not something one deserves. That life is full of benefit received. Finally, the third term here is thanksgiving, which thanksgiving is choosing to express that thankfulness and gratitude. The Bible has much to say about these topics of thankfulness, gratitude, and thanksgiving, referencing it in the Bible at least 102 times. The reason is not because the Bible cares about us having good manners, but rather it's because thanksgiving and gratitude are a great barometer of relational health. And there is nothing that God cares more about than his relationship with you and me. So let's look at a few things that the Bible teaches us about thankfulness and giving thanks. The first thing, there's going to be five, just to give you a heads up, because I know you're going to be counting. How many more of these are there going to be? There's going to be five. The first thing is this. Thanksgiving is a natural, healthy reaction to a life-changing gift. John 3.16, many of you who have been in church, you know this one. You can recite it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. This is the greatest benefit we could ever experience. We need to invite the magnitude of this great gift God has given us to build a reservoir of gratitude within us. Colossians 2, 6-7 says this, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, that great gift, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Thanksgiving flows from a life lived and built up in Christ with faith. I like this quote that I read from a pastor uh, by the name of Sam Crabtree, who pastors in the U.S., and he gave a definition of gratitude, a biblical definition. Gratitude is the divinely given spiritual ability to see grace, God's free gift the grace of his son, that he gave us the gift of his son to pay for our sins, something we could not earn and did not deserve, grace. Gratitude is the divinely given spiritual ability to see grace and the corresponding desire to affirm it and its giver as good. 
not just the gift itself, but also the giver as good. Uh, I don't like to pull punches, and there are hot topic issues that sometimes can be avoided in large groups because we're afraid of insulting people, but I am not going to back down this morning. We're going to talk about a hot button issue. Church, it's time for us to talk about pie. <laughs> now, by a show of hands, how many of you are a big fan, you love pumpkin pie? Okay. How many of you hate pumpkin pie? Thank you for your honesty. Uh, growing up, my mom, my mom made amazing pies growing up. Like I, and I, if you know me, I'm not a sweets person. You can put out a bunch of sweets and candy. I have zero desire. But if it's donuts or it's pie, I'll eat it all. I was given a pie last week from the ladies' event. My son got two little small slivers of it, and I ate the rest in like a day and a half. <laughs> pie is my kryptonite. I love it. And I would always get excited at Thanksgiving because you could smell the pie crust, and it's like, oh, you wait till the end of the meal. And my mom would bring out the pie. Oh, it's pumpkin. Pumpkin's not good, guys. It's just not. I, like, I've grown where I can eat it now, as long as it's, like, smothered and unrecognizable in whipped cream. <laughs> but, like, how many of us are eating pumpkin when we go home? Apple pie. Apple pie is the pie. Like, that's the I feel warm and cuddly and just comforting inside. And I was always disappointed with that. I was disappointed when pumpkin pie came out. Yet, here's the thing. Jason, you put up your hand. Not a pumpkin pie fan, right? Okay. Someone else who loves pumpkin pie. Okay. Brian, so if I gave you a fresh piece of pumpkin pie with some whipped cream on top right now, would you be thankful for it? Jason, if I gave you that same piece of pie with a little bit of whipped cream on it, would you be thankful for it? <laughs> Jason, we're judging you. Are you thankful? Begrudgingly grateful. See, I, I, well, growing up, I was not exactly thankful for pumpkin pie. It was always a great disappointment. But here's the thing. It's the same gift to both people. Whether I personally liked it or it was my preference or not didn't change the value of the gift, nor the benefit that it could have for my physical body. Now, I don't work with me here because how much like, healthy nutrients are in pie, I don't know. But let's pretend there's a lot, okay? But either way, it's the same, right? A faith-filled life built up in Christ sees how God is working in parts of our lives that we don't particularly like. Thanksgiving is a response more to the gift giver than my personal desires being fulfilled. When I was a kid, I know I mentioned this at Christmas a few years ago, my grandma used to always buy me socks. And when I became a teenager, my grandma bought me these socks that were meant for like a six-year-old boy that had, I think it was like the Canucks emblem on them, which is there's nothing more insulting. I mean, the worst, the only thing worse would be like oiler socks. And, and I didn't like them, but you know what? My grandma bought them for me. And so even though I didn't necessarily like the gift, I knew who the gift giver was. And I, <laughs> that's right. And so I had appreciation for my grandma. That in our lives, the way that we cultivate gratitude is we focus not only on the gifts or the things we experience or how we experience them, but rather the gift giver. Romans 8.28, and we know that all things in all things, sorry, God works for the good. Not all things feel good. Maybe not all things aren't good, but God works them for good for those who love him and who have been called according to his purposes. Not all things in our lives will feel good, but God, the greatest gift giver, always works things for our good. 
This is why 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Yes, we are going to read a lot of these verses that maybe you've heard in Thanksgiving messages before. And I hope that we have a greater appreciation for what they're teaching us. But that's why it says we can rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. It's not because we like all circumstances. It's because we know a God who is a gracious, loving God who has his best intentions for us and will always work his good even in the most difficult and trying things. Thanksgiving is a natural reaction. Choosing to express thanksgiving is a natural, healthy reaction to a life-changing gift. Secondly, ingratitude or not giving thanksgiving is a destructive response that stems from our hurt and our brokenness. I can be specific, our selfishness. If thanksgiving is choosing to express thankfulness and gratitude, what happens if we don't? What happens when we don't live a life that expresses gratitude to God and to others? There is a divide that develops in relationships that happen when we don't express thanksgiving. Think about it when, uh, for those of you, you know, whether it's Christmas or birthdays or those who are married, your anniversary gift, you spend a lot of time and you put a lot of thought into a gift that you buy for someone you love. You spend hours and hours researching and you just feel like, oh, I did it. I, like, they're going to love this. And you present the gift to them and you get no reaction. Not a thank you, not an acknowledgement, a nothing. What is that going to do to you? Are you going to feel distant from them? Are you going to want to buy them a gift again? It communicates that I don't see or even acknowledge you. What you did doesn't matter. Imagine being with someone who, when you try to do something for them, never acknowledges it and acts like you owe them. How close are you going to be? See, ingratitude always stems from a selfish perspective. It's that message of I'm owed or I deserve. It's the message that our culture constantly preaches and advertises. You deserve a break. You deserve more. Multiple studies have been, uh, scientific studies have been conducted that show that those who live a life of gratitude have stronger relationships with others. Conversely, we see that ingratitude tends to break down relationships, bringing separation between them. The Bible talks about the destructive nature of not having and expressing thankfulness to God. Romans 1, 21 to 25, if you want to read the full uh, portion of that later, but I'm just going to tease out from verse 21 and 24. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. And so what was the result of that in verse 24? Therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts. This lack of acknowledgement of who God is and what he's done is the crux of what we see when sin enters our world in Genesis chapter 3 in the Garden of Eden. Essentially, it was Eve being tempted by the servant of, I don't need you, I can be my own God. See, when we acknowledge and give thanks, we are rightfully placing God where he belongs, above us, and seeing what he does in our lives as what it is, a gracious gift. This helps bring us into closer relationship. If you go to Boston Pizza later today and you see Natanya is there serving, Natanya's made coffee today and she's at Boston Pizza and she's your server, if she has two tables and one table is constantly just, oh, thank you so much, that water you brought is just fantastic and just over the top grateful. And the other table has the most complex order ever. And she works, so, okay, I figured out how I can make this meal for you. We don't actually do it, but I talked to the chef, and we can make this work for you. And she brings it to your table, no response, no gratitude, just a complaint. That took a lot longer than what I was thinking. 
Which table is she going to want to spend more time at? Which table is she probably going to spit in their food? <laughs> she doesn't do that, by the way. <laughs> Pastor Brennan, however, if you ever go, he might. Right? Gratitude actually draws us together. It builds relationship. So let me ask you this morning, has Thanksgiving been something you've offered regularly to God? Acknowledging his work in your life, his provision, his sovereignty, his goodness? Think about that. Number three, Thanksgiving is a choice, not a result of circumstances. In the book of Luke, in the New Testament, in chapter 17, we see a story. Jesus is traveling in between two cities. It's kind of in, the, in this rural area, and he runs into a group of 10 people with leprosy. Leprosy was a disease that broke down the body. And so in that, Jesus tells them to go to the priest to, be, to, uh, to do rituals. And when they go, they are cleansed. They are healed of this leprosy. And in response, there is one of these 10. He comes back to Jesus to praise him and to thank him. And Jesus asks, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Imagine being in this situation, having leprosy at this time. Now, if you don't know, biblical leprosy, if you, or sorry, reading through the Bible, leprosy is mentioned several times. And those who were lepers were completely ostracized from the society. It was the worst thing to have because not only did your body physically decay, but because it was so contagious and people were so afraid of it, you were pushed out of society itself. You lived on the outskirts on your own. Your family would disown you. You're gone. They don't want to be around you. Even though they may love you, you can't be anywhere near them. It was such a lonely thing to experience. The physical torment, but also the psychological torment that came with that. And in an instant, Jesus heals 10 of them. Yet only one returns. Only one. Would you not be overwhelmed with gratitude? But they didn't come to express it. I've been reading some medical journals, journals um, lately and articles on the competing factors of gratitude and anxiety. Uh, both impact the same area of the brain, but in different ways. Uh, I was reading an article by uh, Tanya Peterson and where they talked about uh, how neuroscientists have discovered that the brain can't respond to anxiety and gratitude at the same time. It's in the same spot of your brain where these are processed which means it's one or the other. We can feel anxious on the one hand and all its other negative states, or we can feel grateful and all the positive emotions that are associated with it. Ultimately, you have a choice in your mind between gratitude or anxiety. Perhaps this was the insight Paul had when he had that verse that Pastor Marlowe always put up from Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything. And maybe you're like me, and you read that, and sometimes you almost get offended by that. Who chooses to be anxious? Like, who's like, ah, I just really feel like I want that, like, you know, churning, going to throw up feeling in my stomach today. No one chooses anxiety. But what you don't realize is when we don't choose gratitude, we actually choose to have the opening for anxiety to grow and to exist. You can choose to give thanksgiving. So do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. 
And what's the result? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Funny enough, when we give thanksgiving, peace tends to follow. And some of you this morning, well, that's easy for you to say that you're thankful. Your life is way easier than mine. You have no idea what you have compared to what I have. You have way more to be thankful for. You may be right. My circumstances may be way easier than what you are facing. And I don't want to anyway call that short. But this is the lie that our world tells us, is that our ability to have gratitude has to do with what we've received or what we've experienced. That's not the root of it. The message of our world is, if I only had, if I only had their family, if I only had their house and their lack of mortgage and their, you know, conflict-free marriage, if I only had that, then my life would be easy. Then I'd be thankful if God gave me that. I remember years ago when I was a youth pastor, I used to, for a number of years, take kids to Mexico, and we would do a missions trip to this small village in Mexico, and we would build homes for people, and by homes, remember, I'm the one helping lead this thing. I can't build anything. It's just a shack. It's just some pieces of wood nailed together. But th those were people's homes, and they were grateful for it. We'd build some homes, and we'd run programs for children. About 150 kids would come in the mornings, and we would feed them because they had no food. And then we'd run like a, a VBS similar to like mega sports camp here for them, do some songs and programming. And, and it was amazing to see what God did in the people there. It was even more amazing to see what God did in the kids that I would bring. Because many of them were bought into our culture, which was they, they were thankful for the things that they had that they thought other people didn't. They're thankful for, you know, well, I'm glad that I do have, you know, a nice house because my house is nicer than most of my friends. But I'm not thankful because my phone is like three years old and I don't have this thing that I want. It was all kind of comparative in how they determine what they should be grateful for. And suddenly they go to a context where those children had nothing, yet they were more grateful and they were happier than my kids were. And that rocked their world and changed their perspective. Gratitude doesn't have anything to do with receiving the things you want. It's something that is cultivated in you when you focus your life on the thing you need, that which God has already provided for you. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 to 8. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Contentment. To be content with one's lot. To be thankful for what we have. Are you content today? Are you content? Or have you spent the last week just trying to think of how you can attain more stuff and something that you need? What do you choose to focus on? What are you thankful for this morning? Have you chosen to give thanksgiving to God? To share your gratitude for what he's given you? Fourthly, thanksgiving is a gateway to God's presence. And with that, to joy. I'll add this as a caveat. God's presence is also an initiator of thanksgiving. Psalms 104 says this, Enter his gates, God's gates, with thanksgiving, and in his courts with praise. 
Give thanks to him and bless his name. Psalm 1611. In your presence, in the presence of God, is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This is the route to joy. To enter into God's courts with thanksgiving. In his presence. If you lack joy in your life this morning, if you find yourself today honestly struggling, feeling disappointed, disillusioned, or distanced from God, choose to praise him. Choose to give thanks and express thanksgiving. It is the most clear pathway to enter God's presence and have intimacy with him. It is also the fastest route to actually experience joy. Not fleeting happiness that comes because I get something. Any small gift you get anytime, maybe you're, maybe you're a shopaholic and every time you buy something you get that little bit of pleasure and it's that dopamine hit and that's why you need to go back and buy something again. This isn't a small dopamine hit. This is joy. Joy that stays and lasts. That's only found in God's presence. Thanksgiving is a gateway to God's presence and joy. Finally, number five. Some of you are like, I'm just thankful you're at number five. That means we're close. (laughs) Well, it's something to be thankful for. Number five, thanksgiving or gratitude changes us. That verse we read already, those two verses in Philippians chapter four, six, and seven. Do not be anxious about anything. Shut off your mind again. This is not being said, stop being anxious. If you grew up in a house where you weren't allowed to have negative emotions or feelings, this isn't God through the Apostle Paul yelling at you, don't have those feelings. No. Do not be anxious. Don't focus that route. Take the other because I want to see you built up. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God. Come to me with thanksgiving, knowing that I'm a good God, knowing that I care and I desire your best. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The root of thanksgiving is seeing your life through faith. The results of being a a thankful person is you are more at peace. See, living a life of gratitude does something to your soul. It counteracts the flesh, the selfish. The spirit of this world that is constantly seeking and looking for more, but never finding, never satisfied. Multiple scientific studies on gratitude have shown living a life of gratitude leads to stronger relationships, healthier physical bodies, more more resiliency in hard circumstances, lower rates of depression, and higher levels of happiness and light satisfaction. Colossians 3, 15 to 17. Let the peace, this peace that comes, it's a byproduct when we live a life of thanksgiving, let this peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish. That's an old word that means to encourage, build each other up. Admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. 
And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Living a life of thanksgiving changes who we are internally. If you want peace, if you want joy, learning to be a person who, who cultivates and expresses gratitude and thanksgiving is the root. It changes who we are internally, and as a result, it changes who we are with others. See, we're no longer simply seeking to fill our own pleasure needs, but a life of gratitude is already full. And with that, we have the capacity and the ability to be able to pour out into others. I want to rewind a couple years ago, and I know this might be traumatic for some of you, but I want to remind, uh, rewind to those first couple months about four years ago or three and a half years ago when we entered into COVID. Do you remember the, the hoarding toilet paper phase of that? Do you remember that phenomenon? I, I remember standing outside for two and a half hours to get some TP from Costco and like feeling like you won the lottery because you got some. Now, what happened there? there it's not that there suddenly wasn't enough supply for everyone. But people panicked because they thought there wouldn't be enough. And so they panic bought. I mean, they got selfish. You see, that's what we do when we think there's not enough. And if you live a life believing in a God who doesn't have enough for you, if you live a life of ingratitude and don't realize that he has given you everything that you need, and he will provide, not for your wants, but will provide for your needs, you will live a life that's constantly selfish because you're worried there's not enough, so you got to scrounge. For me and mine, I'm going to hold on to this. Yet when you don't have that perspective, when you live a life of thanksgiving, when we regularly cultivate that and we come to know a God that has more than enough, it empowers us to live a life of generosity because we know we have enough to share with others. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'll share my toilet paper with you, just to make them feel better. So I ask you again today, are you living a life of gratitude? Remembering what we have been given is key to cultivating gratitude and thanksgiving. See, we won't thank God for his grace and his mighty acts if we don't know them and we don't remember them. If, you're, if you've read through the Old Testament before, if you haven't, it's okay, but in the Old Testament, I'm just going to review you, the children of Israel are God's chosen people, and in that, one of the exercises we see, we see God intervene over and over again on their behalf and do miracle after miracle providing for them, proving himself. And what the Israelites began doing is they began making these stone monuments that they would put. They were drifters. They went around. They didn't stay in the same place all the time. And so they'd make these stone monuments because that way, when they came back to that place, it would be a reminder of what God had done for them. And even for future generations, when they would bring their children and their children's children's children, that they would be there to be reminded of God's faithfulness, of who he was and how he provided for them. Church, we need to make monuments in our lives to teach us, to help us remember what God has done. We need to do that corporately as a church, as we do with communion, prayer. But maybe there's things privately you need to do. Maybe you need to have a prayer journal or a gratitude journal where you write things down. Write what God has done and regularly talk and express to God thankfulness for how he's intervened in your life, what he's provided you for. 
It doesn't have to be big things. It can be small things. One of the things I do with my son at night, and he might get annoyed with this, but pretty much every night when we do our evening prayers on his bed, I will always ask him this question, what are we thankful for today? See, we live in a world that constantly focuses on what we need, what we want, what we didn't get, what we're upset about. But to be purposeful, what am I thankful for today? To look at my day, God, what have you given me? What am I thankful for? Maybe that's an exercise you need to do, is just to regularly try to put that in your day. And please hear me, I am not the best at this. It's something I'm working on. But spend time regularly, daily, to point out, remember, and express gratitude with God. Throughout scriptures, the imagery of a banqueting table represents celebration, relationship, and joy. Because there's something about a large feast and people around the table that just makes you joyful and celebratory inside. As followers of Jesus, we are invited to join in thanksgiving around a celebration feast. Jesus said this about himself in the New Testament, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. As a church, we regularly take communion together every month. A cracker that represents, I know it's not the tastiest cracker, but remember, it doesn't matter, our personal experience. Okay? A cracker that represents the broken body of Jesus that was broken for us. And a cup of juice that represents the blood that was shed for the remission of our sins. One of the traditional names for communion is the word Eucharist, which comes from the Greek word Eucharista, or thanksgiving, is how it can also be translated. As followers of Jesus, we regularly get to express and experience thanksgiving. We acknowledge the gift of life God has granted us. We sing, we pray, we listen to God and get to experience the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So this brings us back to the tradition I started with at the beginning of our time together today. Giving thanks around the table. Maybe it's not such a weird thing to do. And maybe there is good reason for it. Perhaps the reason why for some of us it feels so awkward is because we do it so infrequently. And like any out-of-shape muscle that hasn't been used for some time and is suddenly thrust into an action after being dormant, the discomfort it makes you feel is actually good. It means you're exercising something that will soon become a strength in your life. So I'm going to ask one more time this morning, what are you thankful for? And I know we've already done this a little bit today, but I'm going to actually ask for us just to have a moment of silence, just quiet, Jeremiah, if you have a little bit of music, you can put lightly in the back. That way, for those of us with young kids, we don't feel awkward. Parents, if your kids are making noises, you don't need to feel bad at all. But the purpose of this moment is I want you just to spend some time in prayer. Close your eyes if that helps you focus. But just, just to reflect for yourself. What are you grateful for? What are you thankful for? And spend just a few moments. We're going to spend 30 seconds here to express gratefulness to God. Let's just do that now.
Lord, thank you that each one of us has something to be grateful for. We thank you for this life, that each person that's listening right now, as they breathe in and the oxygen enters their lungs, that's a gift. Lord, for the gift of your son that allows us and gives us the lens through which to see how this life is for benefit. Even the stuff that doesn't feel good, that you work it for good. Help us to develop to be more and more people of gratitude, people of thanksgiving. For those of us who this is a growth area, me included. God, we just want to take this moment to say, sorry I haven't said it more, but thank you. Help us to not make this a Thanksgiving weekend thing to do, but help us to regularly, every day, express the things that we are so gratefully blessed to receive. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.